<laughs> we come into this lab and people don't know you were just doing some trap workouts before oh, yeah. we uh get a little before stretch we, it in before we got oh, this cross and then another cross get my, oh. there it is yeah i had to be quiet so the camera goes right on you that yeah, I, I still like i said though, that that shirts off podcast will come in but anyways yep ladies and gentlemen works. what's popping brand new pod we locked in you had <laughs> options but i'm <laughs> fuck you <laughs> All right, so some uh, some uh, oh just some background. I told Liam, I was like, "Buddy, I have oh. I have an idea for an intro." So what? So I told him right off the bat, "Buddy, it's stupid." What I'm gonna do? I, I think what's gonna happen each each show. I'm gonna take the beginning of you know a well known rap song, hip hop, if you will, just to, just the first couple lines and just kind of make it make it tuck rule take. So. You asshole. I'm going to go back into it, all right? I could not compose myself. Please continue. (laughs) What's popping? Brand new pod we locked in. You had options, but I'm glad you decided to pop in. Welcome back to Tuck Rule Takes, episode four. Uh, Settling, guys, because we have a good show for that ass. Um, Wherever you're listening this morning, tonight, tomorrow afternoon, whatever time you're listening right now, it's going to be a good time for you. Um, Presented, as always, Couch Guy Sports. if you're not on there now, get on the bandwagon because I'm telling you, Couch Guy Sports, Couch Guy Sports is going to blow up. Uh, Liam and I were texting. You know that's we were talking about it earlier. 2021, two dynasties are going to start, my friend. Two dynasties: Couch Guy Sports and the New England Patriots. Get on there. We got blogs, podcasts. I think we talked about it last week, but Liam, my Patriots partner, I believe you do still have a podcast on there, right? I do. I am doing the Celtics-based podcast called The Rafters. You can find us on Twitter, at The Rafters Pod. Just got a brand-new co-host, an incredible writer from Rhode Island named Justin Trombino. Psyched to be with the dude and actually recording our second episode with him on the show tomorrow. So, Fuck Yeah, let's go, Justin. Shout-out to Justin. Never met him, but I'm sure he's a good guy. He's I'm a sure. small if, guy. I'm, you know, Liam, if you vouch for him, I'm in. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm Guys, I kind of, I kind of want to just jump right into. We got a bunch of topics today, but um, the Loaded. the main thing, the big news that came across the uh, the airwaves today, Sony Michelle has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams. I always want to say St. Louis Rams. No, 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 where my mind goes. So um, you got traded there for two conditional picks. I still don't even know how conditional late round picks work, but they do. I think it's based on where he's drafted and where the team finishes or. I'm hearing rumors that it could be two second round picks, which I think would be unbelievable, but I don't yeah, understand. Honestly, honestly, if there are two third round picks, I'm good with that. And there was a fucking Tony Maserati from the Felger and Maz show was talking shit oh. about that. I, oh, don't worry, buddy. I will get to him later. Trust me. Oh. Um, now I am going to, um, I'm going to have to hog the floor really quick for like, you know, five minutes. I need Small to. Spotlight's yours. I, I need to. Yeah, I got the spotlight on. I got the new setup. If you're watching on YouTube, I got the new camera. We're going to have a good we're gonna have a good vibe going. Uh, Sony Michelle, let me just take you through. Uh, let me just do a quick little rundown of his career here. Sony Michelle, 2018, gets drafted, right? Um, he plays 13 games because he was a little injury ridden. We all knew he had injuries, right? 13 games. Um, 209 rush, rushes for 931 yards, six touchdowns, 4.5 yards per rush, uh, 71 yards per game. Uh, he also had seven catches for 50 yards as well. Total of 981 yards per scrimmage. 
That's that's a pretty good rookie Super season. solid. Correct. If you extend that out for 16 games, he eclipses a thousand yards. Um, I mean, that's a that's a great way to start. But that is not the best part of his rookie campaign, is it? No, it is no. fucking not. These people forget though when they talk about him. In these in the playoffs, three games he played, 71 rushes, 336 yards, six fucking touchdowns. In six crunch touchdowns, time playoff minutes. In crunch time. The touch, the six touchdowns, by the way, set the rookie record for most touchdowns in the playoff by a running back. So let's not let's not think that you know Sonny Michelle sucks because he does not. Um, but the Super Bowl, though, because that's the game that everybody does talk about. 18 rushes, 94 yards, and a touchdown. The touchdown, by the way, the only touchdown of the whole game. Yup, that brutal was, long game. It was. I'll, I'll admit it now. It wasn't a fun Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I love defense. <laughs> I love defense, so I loved it. Oh, but for the casual yeah, viewer, they did not like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not, not everybody's locked into the Pats like we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Super Bowl, great rookie season, right? So everybody's like, you know, we're we got our workhorse back, all that fun stuff, even though that's not what he was drafted for. He wasn't drafted no. to be a workhorse back, but again, no like Patriots I said, backs a workhorse back really. No, that's not how that, that's not how the team goes. Trust me. I, I will fucking touch on that because this, this is a sore subject for me because I think the hatred on Sony, Michelle, people that I know, people that I don't know reporters, it's bullshit. So next year, 2019, this is the year that everybody, everybody talks shit about. He sucked in 2019, all that stuff, right? You would think, I mean, the guy had, what, 600 yards rushing on, you know, 600, 600 rushes for 600 yards, one, one yard per rush. Like, you would think the guy sucked. 2019, 16 games, he played all 16 games. 247 rushes for 912 yards and seven touchdowns. So he had, compared to 2018, he had 209 rushes. He had 247 in... 2019 he had 931 rushes his rookie year 912 the next year so definitely a drop-off like let's not act like you know there there wasn't a drop-off he had 3.7 rushes per yard I mean per uh rush which Mm -hmm. still not horrible 12 catches for 94 yards total of a thousand and six yards from scrimmage that my friends is what we in the business call a sophomore slump so you you know that when it it's it's literally a phrase in the fucking NFL. It's a sophomore slump. Did you know that Adrian Peterson, before he came, he became the greatest running back of my generation. I'm 29, so that's kind of what I do. He he couldn't hold on to the ball. He was fumbling left and right. And like what? And oh, don't worry. I got stats on other people that people would that people would say are these great running backs who guess what weren't really that good their first few years, but. Anyway, then they had the one playoff game against the Titans. He was 14 for 61. Um, not, you know, not great, not horrible. The Titans had a good defense. The, yep. the, I don't think anybody expected the past team to do anything there. Brady was on his way out. Um, and now just to kind of round off the stats, 2020, I don't like to put too much weight behind these stats, but just to kind of, like I said, round out his tenure here, I'm going to. Uh, he only played nine games. Um, newsflash, people, he got fucking COVID, which kind of, I don't know if you've heard of it, Liam. COVID, by the way, COVID-19, also known as AKA, FKA, formerly known as the coronavirus, the fucking pandemic that was sweeping the world. Yeah, our running back got it. So, you know, I don't know if you want to cut him some slack for that. But anyway, he had COVID. Uh, he was also nursing a quad injury, but whatever. 79 rushes for 449 yards, one touchdown, 5.7 yards per rush. Uh, he had seven catches for 114 yards, which I was uh, 
I was surprised about. That's I a, think he caught a touchdown too against the Jets in the last game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and yeah, did he? I think he he very well might have. When I was feverishly typing this up in my notes app at work, when I should have been working today, I may have nice. I may have looked past something. I had like sixteen tabs open. I was control tabbing all of them, going all <laughs> yeah. different things. Um, Five hundred sixty-three yards from scrimmage, not that great. So great rookie season, sophomore slump, and then twenty twenty was a shit show, right? Now. Let me let me just let me just talk to all the people who are um, who are crucifying Sony Michelle and the Patriots just for that 2019 season. Listen, if you morons, you brain dead putzes, if you guys want to judge his entire tenure for the Patriots based on one year, guess what? Two can play at that game, bitch. If you want to judge his tenure for 2019, I judge it for 2018. Now what? Boom. Now what do we do? It, like, you know what I mean? So just, let's just, let's just play the game. 2018, 2019 cancel out, right? Good year, bad year, sophomore slump cancel out. We go to 2020. That's a wash. He had COVID. And, and, he, and when he was playing, the fucking guy produced. Yeah, he if, did damn well. If, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, like if you, if you extend that out, he has a pretty good year. You extend that out, he has right around a thousand yards. Who knows? Maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Either way, he has a good year. So Anyway, though, you're left with 2020. You, you can't judge someone just on that, right? But guess what? Coming into this preseason, he started to look pretty good, just for what it's worth, just to kind of let everybody know that we weren't still dealing with some injury-ridden back. He was healthy, which is why he got traded. So, it, and by the way, it's funny what health can do, right? When he's healthy, what happens? He runs, he runs pretty well, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's infuriating to me. Um, I... Okay. Anyways, though, for those who are hating on the Pats, right? Because there's two, there's two schools of thoughts. You hate on Sony Michelle, or you hate on the Patriots, or there are some assholes out there that hate on both. Or there's the smart fans that don't hate on any and actually see the situation for what it was. That is me. That is you, Liam. That's why we do this podcast. That's we are these smart Patriots uh, fans. Patriots, people who, pay, who hate on the Patriots for this. I'm sorry. Who are you to determine what a bust is? Explain that to me. Who are you? What? Because Mel Kuyper, that old bird-looking, bird-looking piece of trash, comes out of his rock hole, comes out from under the rock like Patrick from SpongeBob once every year, regurgitates some cockamamie way that the draft is supposed to be handled or graded <laughs> or everything like that. What are we doing? This is the year 2021. The year of our Lord. What are you talking about? <laughs> telling me how I'm supposed to draft someone. Sit, sit down, sit down. Okay. Because you, some people need to just give it a rest. Mel Kuyper is one of those people. If we're being honest, let me tell you, if a player contributes to the team and he does what they expected him to do, right? How is that a bust? How? How is that a bust? It's not. I'll answer the question. It was rhetorical, but I'll fucking answer it. <laughs> it may be a miss to you. Because, you know, your fan expectations or your reporter expectations or whatever, uh, you know, put them at some level. But guess what? You're giving those expectations to Michelle. You are. Which at the end of the day, the fan's opinion of a player means shit. It doesn't mean a damn thing. All that matters is if the team likes him, if he performs for the team, and, and that's pretty much it. Not what Mel Kuyper fucking thinks. No one gives a shit what Mel Kuyper thinks. The team knew about his injury history. They knew he had a torn ACL in high school. They knew he had knee injuries in college. And guess what? That's why they weren't going to make him the workhorse back. The, when have you ever known Bill Belichick's New England Patriots 
to run with, with, with a main running back. No, they never do. They never, maybe, maybe Corey Dillon. Yeah. I, I was going to say like not since like 2004 anyway. Yeah, maybe. And guess what? Guess what was happening in 2004? You were bringing up a rookie quarterback who would then become the GOAT. I think 2004 yeah. was his like third year or fourth year, you know, yeah. and everything. But still, you were you you needed that. When Michelle was here, you had Tom Brady. You didn't need workhorse backs. You were never going to get that. You were you you were never going to get this this you know Adrian Peterson, Dalvin Cook type back who would always get get every every play. But anyways, injuries though they were not a surprise to the Patriots. And like I said. This team was never going to be a run-heavy team, all right? They didn't draft Michelle because of that. It, that's just not how Belichick does it. Think about it. Like I said, the draft is not an exact science. Belichick drafts looking for value. That's why the Mel Kuypers of the world and the Todd McShay, I don't hate him as much, but he's in the same fucking boat. He's kind of a that's why, ass. Yeah, he is. He, he's he's going to be Mel Kuyper in like 20 years, lo- looking like a fucking bird. Have you <laughs> looked at Mel Kuyper? I oh, wish he's the I could, worst. Like, Oh my God. I wish I could put his picture on here because he looks like a damn bird. Google him. Google him for me. Anyway, Belichick drafts for value. That's what he drafts for. Guess what, friends, which I'm sure not a lot of you know. In 2018, the Patriots had two first round picks. They traded up in, into the first round to get that. But Isaiah Wynn was the first round pick. I forget his exact draft slot, but he was picked earlier than Michelle. Michelle was picked, obviously, you know, at the end, <laughs> Isaiah win is the, is, is your win there. Sony Michelle is value. That is what bill Belichick drafts for value. And guess what? He did pretty well. As you can tell by the stats that I brought up, remember the stats, by the way, because that's going to come back later on in the fucking homework that I touch on after I go through this bullshit for the oh. ones hating on Sony Michelle. And again, I'm sorry for taking up so much time here. I just, this shit has been by all means. On on my mind. Sorry about that, guys. Hydrated with a little Bud Light seltzer. Um, don't worry though. This is not a drunk rant at all. Tune into the to the Coach Guy Sports Fantasy Twitch stream later, though, if you do want to hear a drunk that will rant. be a drunk rant. <laughs> Although when people hear this, it's going to be not for the not before. Yeah. The, anyway, time right. Go back and watch it. Yeah. Who cares, guys? For the people hating on Sony Michelle, like I said, he did not ask to be drafted in the first round. Granted, but he still got drafted there. I get it. But he didn't ask for all these expectations. You thrust these expectations on him. You as a fan. And I get it because it's a first round pick, just like we're doing with Mac Jones right now. It's a first round pick. So expectations are going to come with it. But you need to kind of recalibrate yourself. Like I said, you put these expectations on him. All you idiots did. Why is he supposed to live up to what you want him to be while you're sitting there on the couch eating your buffalo dip with your Bud Light seltzers with your buddies being like, oh, bro, look at this fucking kid. He oh. fucking fell down. Bro, the fucking wind blew. Look, he can't even make it through the line, but he's fucking trying to catch the ball and then he and then he falls. What is this? Oh, my God. He sucks. This guy sucks. But guess what happens when he does well? Listen, this is what happens. Crickets. Motherfucking crickets. Did you hear the crickets? No. You know why? Because the crickets don't talk shit either. No one gives praise to Sony Michelle. Nobody does. All you do, you see him, you want him to be this James White caliber player, which guess what? By the way, for everybody saying that he should be better at catching the ball, when Sony Michelle was drafted out of college, this this is what was said about him. Not a natural pass, pass catcher. Right there. So do you think that the Patriots knew he wasn't a natural pass catcher? That's probably why they didn't throw it to him that much, even though 
all the fans in the local media said that he should be catching passes. Anyways, I digress. Not really digress because I'm diving right the fuck back into it. No game-breaking elusiveness. So people that are saying, oh, he's not juking everybody left and right and doing everything. No one expected him to do that. And then last but not least, this is the best one. Struggles when O-line doesn't create a hole when running inside. Kind of like almost every other yeah. running back. Does, does that ever? Who can, the, besides Barry Sanders, who makes something out of a shit offensive Exactly. Line? Like people think that in the first round, you need to have an Adrian Peterson or a Alvin Kamara, or Christian McCaffrey or someone like that. Not every running back is like that. I think just the fact that the Patriots drafted him in the first expectations came. People were like, oh, he must be the second coming of Barry Sanders or something. And you know why people think that? Because they know Belichick is so fucking smart. But yet the second a draft pick doesn't pan out, they say that he's stupid. Kind of hypocritical, don't you think? Very I think much. so. See, it, I, I knew you would agree that it was like a hypothetical thing. I knew. I stopped. It. Okay. But seriously though, like I was saying, the local media, they fabricated this like it was nobody's business because they have this, this vendetta against Bill Belichick because he's kind of mean to them. It doesn't answer all their questions. So, so whenever I get a chance to talk shit to him, I'm going to, and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to criticize him in the draft because they know that there's already that narrative, which is true in some positions. But like I said, draft isn't an exact science where Belichick can't draft. So what happens? They say, Oh, Sony Michelle, he didn't rush for 1,200 yards his first year. Bust. Oh, I don't care about his record, his history-making rookie season. I mean, in the playoffs. I don't care. Regular season, ah, not what I wanted him to be. And then they saw they they the fucking Tony Maseratis, the Felgers, all them. They 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 saw the chum in the water, like sharks, their eyes went black, and they were like 2019, sophomore slump. Let's go. He sucks. Trade Belichick, trade Michelle, put him in a package, get them both out. Like what it doesn't make any sense. I do want to, um, let me see here real quick. I do want to see something. I just want to go over a tweet that Tony Maz, uh, if you guys know Felger and Maz, Maz from, from, uh, Felger and Maz, he said, just checked it. Sony Michelle's longest touchdown with the Pats was 34 yards. <gasps> he had another one at 31, nothing else over 14. Nick Chubb, on the other hand, has had five of 41 yards or more, including 92, 88, 63, 47. Nice pick, Bill. Tony, you fuck. You bald, (laughs) dumb bitch boy. And I'm sorry for the expletives, but then again, I'm not. What does that have to do with anything? What? It, it, It has nothing to do with anything, listener. If you just answered this in your car or at the gym or on the trail, wherever you are on the trail, <laughs> on the trail. has nothing to do with anything, nothing. And then, and then what else did, did, uh, did marvelous Maz say he, he retweeted Adam Schefter's initial um, tweet this morning saying that, you know, Michelle's been traded, Tony Maz, brilliant mind. Does this qualify as good value after using a first round pick to get Michelle in the first place? Tony, you know what conditional picks are, right? My friend, or you at least know a little bit about them. You don't know what that pick's going to be. So how can you make such a blasphemous fucking uh, fucking decision about that, about that trade when you don't even know what the pick is going to be? So you have you have these people in the media who are saying that this pick sucks, that this pick is horrible. Sony Michelle was a bust, which he's not a bust, because guess what? When you draft a running back in the first round, it's a crapshoot more so than any other position. Statistically, it really is. Want to know how I know? Since 2008. I went back to 2008. Why did I stop at 2008? Because I realized I was at work when I was doing this research and I had to get back to work. Uh-huh. But I did do a quick 
quick uh, glance at the years prior, it all still holds up. So 2008, Darren McFadden, Jonathan Stewart, Felix Jones, Rashad Mendenhall, and CJ2K. God, I love them all. CJ2K, not a bust. Rashad Mendenhall, pretty good, actually, for the Broncos. Felix Jones, yeah, okay. Darren McFadden, ah, a letdown. On DMC? I would say Sony Michelle's better though. Sony Michelle has had better in his in his short career, or at the very least, he's on par with him. I would say on par, just because he had the on playoff par. success. Yeah, yeah, on par. Now Jonathan Stewart, right? Uh, Carolina back. Everybody would say that he's you know relatively good, right? I would super solid. I would assume, right? Let me let me just uh, let me see some. He eclipsed one thousand yards once in his career. He went over nine hundred yards once. Other than that the dude didn't sniff 900 yards. So I would kind of compare them because size-wise, they were kind of similar. Jonathan yep. Stewart was a little bit bigger in the thighs, I think, if I remember correctly. But still, kind of similar. But let's not act like, like Sony Michelle's numbers suck so much when they still match up with some of these people. Obviously, they're not going to match up with, with Chris Johnson. I mean, no, little, no, one no one does. Rashad yeah. Mendenhall had years over 1,000 because he was with the Broncos. And, and a Super Bowl champion. Anyway. So. Exactly. exactly. Oh, you know who else is the fucking Super Bowl champion? Sony Michelle. Because he ran the team to the goddamn Super Bowl. Okay. 2009. No Sean Moreno, Donald Brown, and Beanie Wells. Donald Brown. Yeah. Still. What? But I would put them all in the same class as Sony Michelle. You know why? No Sean Moreno. His first year, his rookie year, 947 yards. Had a six-year yep. career, right? Four years later, he eclipsed 1,000. That's it. So, And again, other than that, guy did not sniff 900 yards. Yeah. Sony Michelle, on the other hand, on a year that people hated him, had 912 yards. Moving on. 2010. C.J. Spiller, Ryan Matthews, Javid Best. Drafted one, two, three. God, I love uh, Javid Best. I, dude, the name was awesome. I, I thought he was going to be better than he was. But, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so. the only name worth note here is C.J. Spiller. Yeah, Thriller C. Spiller, Spiller, baby. C.J. Spiller. I, when I would play Madden, I would love to use him. Oh, yeah. Eight years. Eight years this man played in the league. 900 yards. You want to know how many times he eclipsed 900 yards? One. Twice. One time. Oh, wow. I was one time. leaning towards twice. Damn. But not a single human in the world says that C.J. Spiller is, is a bust at all or, or anything. Like that. Or at the very least, no one, no one says he was bad. No one says he was good. People just say C.J. Spiller. Yeah, good back. You know, super, decent super back, all right. right? Yeah. Uh, 2011, Mark Ingram. Now, friends, I'm not here to tell you that Sony Michelle is better than Mark Ingram. I wanted the Patriots to draft Mark Ingram. Okay. But just for just – for, um, not clarification. I don't know the right word. Context purposes. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. His first six years in the league, 474 yards, 602 yards, 386 yards, 964 yards, 769 yards, then 1,043 yards. Then he started to eclipse that more because then he went, you know, he started to get used more with the end with the Ravens and the saints and everything. Now, again, I know that Mark Ingram gets more passes out of the, as he went on in his career, just like some of these other running backs did. But I'm comparing rushing numbers because guess what? Sony Michelle, as much as you guys want to make him into a pass catching back, he's not. He was never going to be that. So I'm comparing just strictly running numbers. Um, last kind of as it goes down, 2012, Trent Richardson, Doug Martin, David Wilson, bus, bus, bus. I mean, come on. 
like Trent Richardson, everybody thought he was going to be the shit. And then like the dude dropped off. Like it was yeah, sad. Uh, 2013, 2014, no one was drafted in the first round as a running back. Uh, 2015, Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. We would say that these are both better studs. Him, right? Let me just tell you something about Melvin Gordon. I don't know if you guys knew. First year, rookie year, 641 yards, then 997 yards, then just over 1,100, then back down to 885, then 612, then 986. Good, but the first couple of years on par with Sony Michelle. And guess what? That year where he had 1105, if Sony Michelle played every game in 2020, Sony would be like 100 yards less than that if you kind of equate everything out. Now, his yards per rush, by the way, Melvin Gordon, 3.5 yards, 3.9, 3.9, 5.1, 3.8, and 4.6. If you remember, Sony Michelle had 4.5 yards per rush in his rookie season and 3.7 yards in his second year. So let's not act like Sony Michelle could not run the ball. The stats are kind of, and again, stats don't tell the story, and I will touch on that in a second, but just the people that are shitting on him because of the stats, bullshit. Just complete and total bullshit. Um, I mean, the last one's obviously Todd Gurley. He didn't need nothing Todd Gurley. Zeke, I mean, nothing there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, had he had bad year, good year, bad year, good year, but nobody yeah. talks about Leonard Fournette like a bust at all, though, which is, which is strange to me. People... People will talk shit about him, but there's not this vitriol, this eviscerating that needs to happen like it is with Sony Michelle for some reason. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, um, that was 2018. Josh Jacobs in 2019. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in 2020. Out of all those names, no one it, – it, it's, it's not a dead set win that you, that you draft a running back in the first round and he's a hit. As you can see, it is a crapshoot there. It is a big-time crapshoot. Um, lastly, top three running backs in the league right now. Would you say Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook? Right, I would, right around there. Yeah, Maybe I would Derek take Henry. Kamara out and put Henry in. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I thought, too. But then I picked these three because these are the three that, body-wise, kind of how they run, are similar to Sony Michelle. Yeah. Sony Michelle. Yards after contact in his rookie year, 434 yards, 2.1 yards after contact, after contact per rush. So basically whenever he would get touched, he'd get just over two yards every rush whenever he would have contact, right? Christian McCaffrey, 465 yards after contact compared to 434 from Michelle, 2.1 yards per rush after contact. Same exact thing as Sony Michelle. So the people that say, And I use averages because averages do tell a better story than overall yards. People that say that Sony Michelle gets knocked down and just doesn't get up. Why don't we say that about Melvin Gordon? Same thing, right? Anyways, um, Alvin Kamara, 419 yards after contact, 2.2 yards per rush after contact, 0.1 yard more than Sony Michelle. I'm just saying people say that Sony Michelle keeps getting knocked down and falls down and all that shit doesn't make any sense. Dalvin cook 263 yards after contact. Um, I don't know why that number's so low. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, two yards per rush after contact. So, and then last year or 2019, Sony Michelle 521 yards after contact again, 2.1 yards per rush after contact. I have said contact so much. Uh, it's almost like people are going to get like a contact high. Um, 
Christian McCaffrey, 513 yards after contact, 1.8 yards per rush after contact, which is less than Sony Michelle, but he doesn't uh. get, get shit talked. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm just not getting it. Maybe I'm just not getting it. Alvin Kamara, 401 yards after contact and 2.3 yards per rush after contact. Still right on par with where, where Michelle is. So, and, and then Dalvin Cook went off that year. He had 596 yards after contact, but 2.4 um, yards per brush after contact. What I'm saying to you fucking people, just to kind of, those are for the stat geeks that are listening. To wrap this all up, stats can be manipulated, right? We all know that. Blah, blah, right. blah. We understand. Then I, my question for you people, why do you crucify Sony Michelle for his stats? Because I'll give people other stats and they say, oh, well, you know, that doesn't matter, this and that. But yet you, you look past stats that, that make that, that show that he's a good runner. You only pay attention to the stats that, that support your bullshit claim that he's a bust. It doesn't make any sense. So if you take the, if you take the stats out, eye test comes into play. When you watch the game, Sony Michelle can run the ball. It's that simple. When he has a hole, he can run the ball, or if there's even a little bit of a hole, he gets there. He can, when he gets out in the field, he can break away. He's never going to have breakaway speed coming out of the draft. They said he wouldn't have breakaway speed there. I'm not saying that he's better than Melvin Gordon, that he's not better than Mark Ingram. He's not better than any of those people because they also are integrated in the past game in their offenses are, are built, are built around them. Sony Michelle has never had an offense built around him. So you can't expect him to have these amazing numbers. So I understand that you people that, that you people want him to be this, this 1500 yard per year back, all that stuff. It was never going to happen. Bill Belichick was never going to build the team that way. He never has never will this year. Even you still got two tight ends. So the passing game is still going to be big. Sony Michelle was never going to get these giant, these, these giant numbers that you all think. So the Mazes, the Felgers, the WEEIs, the 98.5, the, the Twitter trolls, the p- people that I, that I work with, people I don't work with, people I know, shut the fuck up. Sony Michelle is not a bust. He is not a bust at all. Did he live up to the expectations you guys put on him? No, but that's because you put unrealistic expectations on him. It is as simple as that. Sony Michelle, I wish you well with the Rams. Otherwise, Fuck everybody else. That is all I have to say about Sony Michelle. It just pisses me off. That's all. Whew. Took the words out of my mouth, really. Like you covered all the bases. I'm sorry, man. You can you can you do your thing. Now I gotta sip my Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> no, like I'm completely serious. Like you you hit it out of the park. Like absolutely nailed it. Hit all fronts. I uh I completely agree. Basketball is a sport where people lose uh what's sight of what's most important. And that's context. Mm -hmm. And people just want to look at what they see on Sundays and make a definitive answer after the game. Be like, yep, he sucked. Yep, he was good. There's no black and white. There's no, well, maybe he struggled because of this. Maybe he was so good because of that. I think Sonny Michelle is perfectly worth that first round pick. We got everything that we could have imagined out of him. He was a, he rose to the occasion of the playoffs, had the game winning touchdown against the Chiefs, which sent us to the Super Bowl, had the only touchdown in the Super Bowl. Broke that rookie record for six touchdowns in the playoffs, which is unbelievable. Was that Adrian Peterson's record too? I'm pretty sure it was actually. It, was um, it, 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 it might have been. I, for, I forgot. I think it was yeah, when the, six, six touchdowns. 
is wild. It's obscene. So uh, you you really did kill it. And like, I love the Jonathan Stewart comparison because they are fairly similar. Stewart was obviously a much better pass catching back, but you also got to put it into context, like backfield by committee, like the Patriots are on a backfield by committee. So Michelle leaves the field completely not able to, you know, gain any more yards, make any plays. And they bring, you know, Brandon Bolden in, they bring sweet feet in any of the other running backs that they had over the last three years or so best believe JFW baby. But, um, I uh, I think that's a perfect comparison. Jonathan Stewart split time with D'Angelo Williams, who was an absolute house and the man, and Sonny Michelle split it with, like, three other guys. So it's like you got to throw everything into context here. He very well could have went over 1,000 yards both of those years where he was just shy with those 900 yards. Obviously, he took a slight step back. But, like, for the first-round pick, for everything we did, like, he, he won us a Super Bowl. He got us another ring. Brady's technically most important ring in Patriots history was his last one. And Sonny Michelle was the reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, that was, that was a much better, more concise, more, more focused way to say <laughs> the bullshit that I just said, but it, it makes sense. But no, you have to call out the stupid media like that too. Like I, I had listened to Felger and Maz like three years ago. I started getting to the habit because when I was in school, the kids I lived with loved them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, of course. I started listening to them with them and I was like, you know, after, you know, a season of listening to these guys, I was like, you know, they really, they're fucking stupid. Like they really don't know what they're talking about. They're they don't on, like the team. Yeah. They don't they, like Boston. They're, they're not <laughs> Patriots fans. They're not Boston fans. They're just paid to go out there and stay, say stupid shit. It's like uh, what Stephen A. Smith is supposed to do now. Like just go on the air and say ridiculous shit that gets views and gets clicks. And it's so transparent. And it's really sad. It's uh, no one tells like the real full story anymore. And maybe because people don't want to sit down and listen to the full story. Maybe they don't want to tell it. Like you said, they leave out the details that wouldn't help their argument. They bring in the details that do. Like I said, it's just so transparent. It's, it's all through sports media, whether it's what any sport, but baseball, basketball, football, any of them. It's it's mm-hmm. all the same. And it's really, really annoying because like, hey, I try to be as objective as possible. I fucking hate players. I fucking hate players. (laughs) A lot of players. Some players I despise and never want to see them again. But I have reasons. I have reasons. Maybe they're selfish. Maybe they're biased. But I have reasons for it. And I will bring that in and I will perfectly admit, hey, maybe I'm wrong here. But I fucking hate this guy. Like Nambi Asmore, I don't even care. If he he had an 100 touch uh, interception season with the Raiders, I don't care. Fuck him. He's not that good. He's a shithead. I never want to hear from him again. Apparently, he's he. I watched the show Ballers that was with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Love oh, that. I watched that. It's yeah. so good. I watched every episode except for one, the one Namdi Oswald directed. <laughs> it was an important pl- plot point, and I completely missed it. And I was perfectly fine. The next episode, I was like, "Gee, what the fuck's going on here?" I just had to piece it all together because I am not watching that damn episode. And I get it. Some people have biases, but come out and admit your biases. That's Give just a, it. Admit it. Admit it. Yeah. Give a little caution beforehand. Hey, I'm going to say something. It's probably biased. It's probably stupid. But this is what I believe. This is what I think. So you say it. So many people like Felger and Mass just say it as fact. Like Sonny Michelle was terrible. Really? He beat the Chiefs. He beat the Rams. Won us a chip. Yep. He did so much for the team. Even, yep. even the next year, coming in as a running back by committee, reading over his draft profile, 
He doesn't make moves on players. He doesn't shake players. He's a one-cut back. Willis mm-hmm. McGahee, one of the finest backs in college football history. Oh, Willis did not. Yep. That dude couldn't shake a baby. Absolutely mm-hmm. no juke whatsoever. Maybe it's because he got his leg cut off against Ohio State. I will never, ever forget that. I remember being like five years old and crying like, Willis. But um, no, so, can't like, watch that. Can't watch those videos. Though. Oh, it's terrible. But like. He wasn't going to juke anyone out of their shoes. He was a one-cut back. He sees the hole. He plants his foot. He goes. And that's just what some running backs are. You got, like, you know, Alvin Kamara has a little shake to him, but I'm trying to think of somebody who really breaks down guys and, like, just destroys them. I'm trying to think of who's, like, a really shifty. LaShawn McCoy. Does Christian, does Christian McCaffrey? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy. McCoy. LaShawn if, McCoy. If you're 101 yeah. trying to tackle LaShawn McCoy, God, he's going to have you saying the Lord's Prayer. You're going to be on your knees. You're going to swing your arms to tackle him. Bang, your hands go together. You're going to be praying on that ground, and Shady's going to be high-stepping toward the end zone. But Sonny Michelle isn't like that. If it's one-on-one with him. Deion Lewis, remember him? Sorry, I forgot. I I was was trying to think of who it was. When he juked the whole Cowboys defense in that one play. Anyway, we'll bring that up to Josie. But, yeah, no, basically the same thing. So I'll wrap it up here, too. I wish him all the best in Tinseltown. I loved what he gave us. Truly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Sunny Digital. It's been a pleasure in New England. Mile high salute to you, sir. Exactly. And that's all you have to do is because he just, he, granted, did everybody want him to be better? Sure. But like you said, he ran us to a title. He did what was necessary. Injuries plagued him. Who knows? I hope he goes to LA and he rushes for 1,200 yards this year. And, you know, the, the thing is, though, what, what caught my mind is you brought up the word bias. Now, as we all know, I am biased towards one team in particular, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia trash team, trash fans, trash stadium, trash everything. Since we last spoke to you people, the New England Patriots played the Philadelphia Eagles in week two, the old dress rehearsal game, I think with this three, uh, with this three game preseason now. Um, Liam, do you, cause I don't really remember off the top of my head. Cause I want to talk about, cause I, I know, I know you wanted to bring this up too. what we wanted to happen and what actually happened. Cause I don't think the game went how either one of us thought it was going to go exactly. Or like the things that we wanted to happen. I don't think we really saw any of it. So I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take the, take the floor first. Cause I kind of, you know, hogged the mic for a good 20 minutes there. First of all, I want to get it out of the way. I'm two for two betting on the Patriots uh, this preseason. Keep it up. Let's early. go. You're really hooking a brother off here. That was a, that was a big go, time baby. win. I, uh, I really needed that one. It set me off right for the week. So I, I really appreciate that win, Bill, looking out for a brother like that. But that was an absolute ass kicking. I couldn't believe it. And I wish I had put like a thousand dollars on that game. Little did I know, obviously right before kickoff, the Eagles entire offensive line was ruled out. Jalen hurts was rushed to the hospital with stomach issues. So they basically were just running their scout team against the Patriots. And it showed Cam Newton went out there and played fantastic. Eight of nine, one twenty-three, and a tub. That's exactly what I was looking for last show. We talked about what I wanted to see. First of all, we didn't get to see it, but stellar wide receiver play from guys later on the depth chart. We didn't really get that. Christian Wilkinson, not so great. Zuber, not so great. You know, didn't do a whole lot, but I got that Cam Newton tub. That's what I wanted. I said I wanted a passing touchdown. I want a rushing touchdown, either one or both. I got that passing tub, and it was beautiful. 
our boy Jacoby Myers cutting that up the sideline for the end zone. So that was hype. And breakout uh, year. Breakout absolutely. year. Absolutely. And again, my third takeaway, third thing I wanted to see from this game, which came through. Hey, if I well, I asked for three things in this game, and I got two out of three. I will absolutely take that. That's you know, sixty-six percent. I'll totally shoot for that. <laughs> if I'm pulling up from three and it's sixty-six percent, you guys are fucked. So yeah, that's good. But if you're taking a test, sixty-six percent is not that great. I think that's a D. Uh, yeah, that's not, about not a, that's a, that was my consistent score all through school, though. So <laughs> I, I'm just going to disregard that one. I thought I did well, but um. Uh, the third thing I wanted, Ramondre Stevenson. I wanted to see more of that man. And he went out there, another two tubs. This guy is ridiculous. He now has just oh. under 200 yards rushing in four tubs in two games this preseason. Truly, if you're, you're playing a preseason game, obviously they're playing backups. So you need somebody that pops off your screen, somebody that shines, somebody that you look at and go, He's significantly better than everyone else on the field, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. He shines and yeah. can do Damn everything. Right. He, had, he had a couple catches, proved to be, have solid hands. Nothing crazy. He didn't catch six balls, didn't catch five, didn't catch four, but he had a couple catches, and he got in the end zone twice. It's twice. What more could you ask from the man in a preseason game? He really held it down for his own, and apparently he did so good they shipped Sonny Michelle out. We talked about that last uh, podcast too. Mm-hmm. We thought Sonny Michelle was on the move. He was the odd man out. His contract's up after the season. We we're like, fuck, what's he gonna do? I was hoping they would get rid of him dur- uh, during the season so that he could build up some trade value having a good year. But hey, Bill cut his yep. losses. Just hey, what if he gets hurt? Then he can't trade him. So I really like the move. They shipped him out early. Don't risk anything. I, uh, I'm more than satisfied with a 35 nothing victory. And the most satisfied, maybe the most satisfied ever been out of all my sexual experiences ever. No sexual experience has lived up to what I watched when I saw Ramondre Stevenson running that rock, absolutely toting the pigskin up and down, ripping through that Eagles defense like a hot knife through butter. Now, I I love I love your uh, metaphors. They uh, they they just get me going. I too. I too was, was very excited. It was a great experience. Um, but I will tell you though, the experience was second to one. That other experience that this game, that this 35 to nothing ass whipping was to, was whenever I used Exogun. Let me tell you guys, Exogun is d- did you like that segue? That was that was fucking very awesome. smooth, very smooth. Thank you. Thank you. I Anyways, give it an guys, eight, eight and a half out of ten. Super solid. Eight and a half better than the 66% you just got on your uh, so. <laughs> on your things. Anyways, guys, Exogun. Um, what does Exogun do? What does it does? It revives muscles, boosts, boosts circulation, releases energy so you can recover faster, live better, take it wherever you are. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be just at work, the gym, the trail. We all know we're always in the trail. I'm always, always. in the trail. When I'm not at work, Those when I'm not trails. it. The world is full of trails and I'm going to trail the fuck out of those trails. Um, I don't know if I, if I should swear during an ad read anyway, though, um, (laughs) take the power of percussion treatment in your hands, portable, adjustable, powerful. It does have its own case as well. Uh, It's trusted by the pros. So I hope Sony Michelle gets his sent over to LA so you can be ready to kick ass on the Rams. Um, I brought up percussion therapy. Um, Sometimes I want to just skip this part, but I do always want to let you guys know what percussion therapy is. That is, is how it how you boost muscle muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep deep so deeply so into deep. the I, I can't even explain how how, how deep 
deep into the <laughs> muscle tissue with a series of rapid, bah, 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 concentrated, pulsating, 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 pulsating. Strokes. Strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off. That's 10%, 10% off with the code CGS10. CGS10. At checkout, uh, like I said, it does come with a charger and a carrier case. Get your exo gun today. Uh, treat yourself with a massage at a moment's notice. Um, I gotta find a I gotta find a cool way to say that ad read too. But um, Just start maybe maybe it next time. Oh shit! Maybe that'll be like the second half of the song that I do from the intro. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, so my I believe I remember my big one. My two things that I wanted to see from the Eagles game. I wanted to see Devin Asiasi. Um, oh, I was thinking that the whole game, <laughs> literally really, the whole game. I was like, what's he doing? What's he doing? You know what, man? I think, you know, I, we don't need to talk about what ha- he just, it, it, pretty much a non-factor. I do think though, that he is going to make the team. I think just the fact that he was the only healthy tight end, because I think with John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, I think that Belichick knows a Hunter Henry does have some injury things. It's starting to alarm me a little bit more than it did last week and the week before, but uh, you know, he's, he's practicing. So I hope it'll be good. Um, but I will say, I think Devin Asiasi makes the team. Um, I didn't get my wishes for that. I did say that I wanted to see the defense do well. Matt Judon. I think he is going to be the best defensive player on the new England Patriots. Matt Judon is a fucking beast. Monster. He is a mon- I like that he wears the long sleeves because you never know how big his muscles are. I just yeah. love that. He's not showy. Leaves he, it up to the show. imagination. Exactly. He is no show, all go. He does not give a shit about your muscles in your Sports Illustrated picks. He just straps on the flying Elvis with his number nine, which or number eight, which I don't like. Nine. Nine. Still throwing me off. I, it's, yeah, I hate it's the single weird. digits. I don't like it. Just like Jalen Mills has two, buddy. I don't. It's sauce. It, I don't like it. But you know what? It is what it is. Jalen Mills, by the way, like I said, nickname Green Goblin, best nickname. Um, Matthew or Matt Judon. I'm excited to see him in Hightower and Kyle Vanoy kind of wreak havoc on the defenses. Um, I mean, that was that was really it. I didn't have much else about the Eagles game. I mean, people saying, "Oh, it's just a preseason game." Yeah, but you know what? It's still 35 nothing at the end. Yeah, of the you don't see that in the preseason often. No, you really don't. Because I think, it, like, if they won, you know, 17 nothing or 20, 24 to 3 or something, it's like, okay, whatever. But, no, I think that I, 35 is big. And Matt like they Jones couldn't manage good. a field goal. Nothing. 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 Matt Jones looked good, too. And I think that's the uh, – I think that's something else, too. Um, and that kind of – because I, I don't really want to stay on the Eagles game. I don't think you do either. Really. There's not much I mean, to They kick their ass. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, what's his name? Like, it just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But Jalen Hurts had the shits. Um, <laughs> it, you know why he had the shits? Because he's on a shitty goddamn team in a shitty city and a shitty fan base. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. See, see, no, but I will admit that's yep. my bias. And yep. by the 100%. way, guys, this podcast is going to be longer than any one we've done before. Get that's used tough. to it because... When Liam and Mike, actually, you know what? When we're in this mode, it's Liam and Sully. Sully and Liam, that's us. <laughs> that's a Seltzer Sully. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the Seltzer Sully. 
peep the Instagram, you see the Seltzer Sully videos anyway. So yeah, me and you, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Mac Jones Jones showed up and showed out against the Eagles. Um, I know that some people don't like when I compliment Mac Jones because they take it as a slight to Cam Newton. Not at all. Cam Newton, I know what to expect with him for the most part. I have, I'm not really watching him as close as Mac Jones. We can't watch Cam Newton as close as we watch Mac Jones because uh, Cam Newton's kind of in timeout right now. Um, Kind of a weird situation. I've been trying to follow literally up until just now. um, I just checked Twitter real quick to see if there were any reports on it. He went to go get a COVID test or something along those lines, but he went out of state. That obviously violates the protocol if you are not vaccinated, because you then when you come back, you have to uh, quarantine uh, is the word I'm going to use for five days. And then you have to get back into the cycle of, you know, what the NFL wants you to do. Before we kind of dive in how Mac Jones has taken over that, what what's your thought on this? Because I don't I, I I'm not. I'm just confused because they said that it was a team approved thing. So did, did Cam make the mistake? Did the team, was it both of them? I don't care, but I want to know. What do you, I don't know. What do you think? So when I, I'm a big undisputed guy. So I watch undisputed uh, for the no most part. Mercy. No mercy. Yeah, and I love, I love Unk. I, I <laughs> do like Skip Bayless from time to time, but um, yeah, I, so from what I've seen from the media specifically undisputed and a few other things I've read online, all the blame seems to be thrown on Cam. I have heard that it was a Patriots mistake as well, that they were not on top of this and not going through their regular protocol either. So when I hear both of this, just like any other story in life, the answer is somewhere in between, somewhere in the middle there. I'm sure it was bad on both parts. Um, I think for the most part, this is just optics. I think it's kind of a facade, something you just got to do. Like if – a lot of people would probably be outraged if Cam went somewhere and came back. It's kind of like uh, I'll throw a basketball reference out there for anyone that watches basketball. Uh, when COVID was prime, all the NBA players went and played in the bubble in Orlando. And my favorite player, sweet Lou Williams, left the bubble to go to a strip club because that's oh, yeah. the kind of man he is. So he said so he could get wings. I've heard the wings there are fantastic. I, he has needs. I, yeah, and I will go there, and I will probably get some wings along with a side of lap dance if they're off. Fun fact, real quick: I have never been to a strip club. Really? How wild? Yeah, I know. Right? I think I think it's almost like I don't want to go because maybe I I brought up this metaphor before. I might be like chum in the water. I think I might be too attractive. To yeah, go. you might love it. I never leave. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, and Mike, you- it's five in the morning. You have to leave. You're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Like guys, no, there's still girls. There's more snake left. I gotta stay. The sun's uh, coming up, Mike. You have to leave. I can't. That's fine. Good. Whole new day. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. But I think <laughs> so. Just like Lou, Lou got in trouble for leaving the bubble and coming back in. I think this is basically the same thing, except the bubble is the state of Massachusetts. Cam left, came back in. It's not a great look. So they have to go through the optics and say, hey. Even though this was probably some part our mistake, some part your mistake, there was a clear miscommunication. We have to do this just for optics, just because we're supposed to. He tested negative, so he does not have coronavirus. But just because he left, just in case, you never know. So they say that some symptoms don't show up. A test won't say you're positive until a couple days after. So I'm sure he's getting tested every day. But so far, as I've heard, he tested negative, but he still has to sit out. I think it's five days. 
Like um, Friday, he'll be back Friday. Yeah. yeah. And I hear a lot of people shitting on Cam because he, he didn't get the vaccine. If he was vaccinated, he wouldn't have to go through this whole process in the first place. And then that gets into a human rights issue type deal where, hey, I'm a man who's believes firmly that you're free to do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to skydive naked with a banner that says, I like the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, then like, so be it. So like it, whatever Cam Newton wants, whatever he feels, he believes, who am I to question his beliefs? Who am I to say he's wrong on anything because he's older than me, has more experience than me, probably, you know, overall more well-rounded dude than I am. I'm kind of a shithead. So who am I to judge Cam Newton on his own life decisions? If he didn't want to get the vaccine, then I'm sure he knew that this is something that he's signing up for. And hey, he took that risk. Now he's out for five days and that opens up the window for Mac Jones a little bit. But I think it's overall fairly unnecessary. Got to do what you got to do. And I can't wait for Cam Newton to be back. Yeah. I mean, that I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, you know, that's Cam Newton's choice. If he wants to get vaccinated, you know, go ahead, get that. I mean, you would, you would think he'd want to, cause he did get it last year, but again, some people just, you know, like I, for instance, I think I got COVID, uh, when this whole thing first started last year Yeah. and then I just didn't get vaccinated. Even when it came out at first, I was like, ah, you know what? Like I just laziness, not because, you know, yeah. I don't think that I got a microchip in me. If you get vaccinated, you know, you might, I don't know who knows, but I just didn't. And then I got it again. So I was like, shit. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody should be upset with Cam. But I think this is definitely something that's just going to raise eyebrows because yeah. like, you know, I, I saw a couple of people saying it, you know, with how hard the NFL has come down on their COVID protocols, you don't want, God forbid, the, the worst case happens where, you know, he gets, he gets COVID, the game gets postponed, they can't make it up. And then, you know, then, then you're out of game. Like, you know, yeah. you don't want that. And I don't subscribe to the fact that Belichick's looking at this and he's like, Oh, well, you know what? Uh, you know, Cam Newton isn't Cam Newton isn't vaccinated. So I'm going to play Matt Jones. You, you don't think Bill Belichick knows that Cam Newton isn't vaccinated. Yeah. Like and a real on, good coach why... shouldn't take politics and stuff like this, like human rights type issues. He shouldn't take that into account because it has no reflection on how you play as a player. Yeah, he's Bill Belichick has been actually dating back to last year. He's been great with all the human rights, any sort of politics. issue. He was supposed to get some award from Donald Trump. He turned it down because he didn't want to go because he knew that it would piss off some of his some of his players yep, and things like totally that. Respectable. Exactly. He went over. Uh, Matthew Slater said last year that he handled the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement phenomenally. I guess the team had a bunch of meetings and everything all the time. So he's he's very in tune with what's going on. He's not going to make this snap decision. Um, I do still think that Cam Newton is going to start week one. Um, but I do think this opened the door for Mac Jones to not supplant Cam Newton as the week one starter, because I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you can't lose, you know, like the, the, the famous phrase, you know, you can't lose your, lose your spot to injury. You know, that's just not fair unless you're Drew Bledsoe, but yeah. you can't, you can yeah. Which ended up being fine. Um, <laughs> <Sort> <laughs> I, I think it worked out for, you know, all parties except for Drew. Um, really? Even though he went to Dallas or when he went to Buffalo and beat him the next year, I think. But, anyway. but then he went to Dallas. And, uh, yeah. And nobody likes Dallas. No. Come on. Josie, Cowboys the person we work with knows nobody likes Dallas. She doesn't even live in Dallas. She doesn't, she doesn't even Dallas. know Place Dallas. She just, she just likes stars and she yeah. likes the logo. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, no, but 
Matt Jones did open up, um, open up the door there. He kicked ass today. I think it was at 18 or 19 completions. I've seen, yeah. I saw both reports. So who knows? Um, he had a reportedly sweet drop to uh, James White, who you guys will realize this as we go on with Tuck Rule Takes. James White is uh, pretty much God tier on Tuck Rule Takes. Sweet feet. I mean, that's the nickname. If you guys don't know, um, he wasn't just calling me sweet feet. That's James White's nickname. You know why? Because <laughs> in his prime at his best, he is the best pass catching running back out there. I don't care. Argue with a wall. I do not care. Um, and guess what, guys? That's my Patriots bias. You always have to admit your bias. Um, but no, he did. He had a really good year. I mean, a really good practice. He had, I think it was like a 20 yard uh, wheel route dropped it right over to James White and dropped it right over his shoulder to James White even said he was like, I, I didn't know the ball was I didn't expect it that quick. But I guess someone on the sideline yelled ball. He looked up. It was right there. Boom. Uh, he had a nice 50 yard corner out to Jacoby Myers for a touchdown. I, I just guess. watched that actually before the show. Beautiful. You did. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I it, it, the video looked good. I'm sure it was great there. Um, he had something, I forget what his stat line was. It was like 35 or 40 or something like that. Yeah. Um, really good. I, I may be off with that. If I am, don't kill me, but it was something like that. Had a really, really good practice. Um, basically my question, I just want to ask you real quick, uh, cause we are going to get out of here soon. Uh, unfortunately, I know you guys love listening to us. Of course. Um, and, and watching us. I mean, those traps over there are amazing. Yeah. I need, can you stop? I'm getting to back to being a sexual podcast, buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah. We kind of missed that today. Again, we'll have to do extra. Well, well, next week is going to be the shirtless podcast. Uh, Little uh, little spoiler alert. Um, But I do, I did want to ask, do you think that, that this and and like, just what do you think of the overall situation? I, I know you said what you thought about how it affects Cam Newton, but you know, do you think that this, like, do you think Mac Jones is taking advantage of it? Do you think it's going to change anything with Mac Jones? Do you think that he's going to start sooner because of this? Or do you think that it's just kind of, you know, or I guess just how do you think Mac Jones is handling it? All eight of those questions. Um, okay. So to answer all the eight of those questions in one lump sum, I would say, honestly, Bill would be an idiot not to consider what he's seeing right now in any opinion that he has. I mean, Mac Jones is taking first team reps. Keep perfect, Jesus Christ. Uh, taking first team reps with the starting offense against the starting defense, and that defense is killer. And apparently, he's carving them up like the Thanksgiving turkey that he should be. And that's great. Bill is watching this and saying, Hey, he can perform, he's playing well. So, I think if anything, if anything, this means Bill would go to Mac Jones sooner than expected. I still don't think he's playing this season. If he would play this season, I'm sure it would be in part because of what Bill saw today and what Bill's seen in the preseason. But significantly, when a guy's playing with the starters against the starting defense, that's the tridest and truest way of showing what he can do. Tridest and truest. Yeah, if those are words that make sense. I love um, it. Excellent. Um, but, yeah, so I think he would be dumb not to consider it. I still think Cam's the starter for the whole year. But, hey, if anything happens, if Cam gets benched, I think this is probably a huge reason for it. It's nothing to do with Cam's irresponsibility or the team's irresponsibility. It's just because Mac Jones, just like Tom Brady, when Drew Bledsoe went – I almost said Eric Bledsoe. Fuck that guy. When Drew Bledsoe went down – Eric Bledsoe. Sucks. Um, when Drew Bledsoe went down, Tom Brady just t- made the best of the opportunity. I think Mac Jones is doing the same thing. 
He's carving mm-hmm. it up. Bill can see that the guy can play. He took him with the 15th pick. So I'm sure Bill, in his mind, you know, wants to be a little right here and be like, hey, I drafted this guy. I want to see him play. I want to see him play. But if he's smart, you go, hey, I also just signed Cam Newton. I'm responsible for both these guys' success. If one of them does well, doesn't matter which one, I still look good. So I think nothing particularly changes. But in Bill's mind, it adds something there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's just good to see Matt Jones get as many reps as he did um, for the coaches to see him get as many reps as he did against the first team. You know, granted, how hard were the Giants defense go? Like, no one knows. But either way, you know, if you're going to if you're going to criticize the guy for bad practice, you got to give him his props for good practices as well. Of course. Um, you know, you can't you can't have it both ways. Just like that goddamn Sony Michelle conversation we had, you can't pick and choose what you give credit for, or what you talk shit about. You gotta you gotta be even with both. Yes. Of um, but yeah, I think I think you said you said you didn't think Matt Jones was gonna play this season. No, I don't think it may be garbage time. You know, when we beat the Jets fifty six nothing, then yeah, Matt Jones will be responsible for those last three tubs. But I think that's the only thing. I think the only way that Mac Jones plays this year, it ha- has to be a couple things. It, in in next week, we'll we're gonna it's gonna be a very heavy Mac Jones Cam Newton podcast. Yeah. Um, but just as a teaser, I think the only way Mac Jones does end up playing, Cam Newton has to not just have one bad game. He needs to have three bad games, and they all have to be losses, not yes. just bad games. I think they have to be losses because if they play I do bad think, games and they win, then that's different. Yeah, then it's kind of ah, you kind of take you know take each one individually. I do think that Belichick loves this team. I think he thinks the team can do a lot more than what people think. Do you know what that's similar to? The two thousand one Super Bowl team. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it, but I'm just gonna say it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff going on. You know, good luck, Sony Michelle over in L.A. Tinseltown. Julian Edelman posted a. Uh, uh, thing on Instagram. I was sad because it made me remember Edelman's not going to be here anymore. Um, still no news on Gilmore. I did want to touch on that before we kind of signed off. Um, who knows what's going on with him? Yeah, somebody please but, do something. Something. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully something. That was my other prediction. I thought something was going to happen before this week's podcast. It did not. Um, oh, yeah. That was your third prediction. I that was it. Yeah. 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 But uh, the Patriots play the Giants this weekend. Uh, we're not really going to dive into that. That's the third game. We have no idea what's going to happen. People might just play backups. No one knows how teams are going to do these this, this third preseason game. Um, all I know is that I'm just ready for the season to go. Very September much. 12th, I believe. September 12th, right? Yeah. 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 September 12th. First Pats game. Um, we are going to, we got some big things planned. We got some guests coming on, um, some guests you may not know, but if, if, you know, if you're smart, you'll get to know. Cause like I said, coach guy sports is going to blow up, get on the bandwagon while you can, or else you are a clown, Roger Goodell, <laughs> fucking clown. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had to get the shirt in. I yeah, hate him. That, that's my other bias thing. I hate him. Um, I think everyone. Other than that, uh, Liam, any <laughs> any <laughs> any final thoughts before we uh, dip out? Uh, Cam Newton for president. <laughs> Cam Newton for president. Hey, I'm down. I mean, he might have to get vaccinated to do that, though. So yep. we'll see. Hey, I think uh, <laughs> he give it up to, to lead this fine country. I think he turn on whatever morals he has to to lead this fine country. I believe in him. Cam Newton for president, Mac Jones for vice president, and Bill Belichick for the uh, Secretary, Secretary of, of Defense. Fuck yeah, baby! Secretary of Defense, we did it!
All right, guys. Um, for uh, for Liam McDade, I am Mike Sullivan or Sully. Don't ever call me Mikey, though. Um, we will see you guys next week. Tuck rule takes Couch Guy Sports. Check us out. Go Pats. Fuck the Eagles. Screw the Giants. Let's go, guys. Pats. Sweet feet.